Faces come and go and I'm forever grateful Come and tell me long and slow exactly what I wait for Better times, yeah, better times, somehow I don't believe it I built a house up long ago just to up and leave it The story of Kaya starts simply, as it does for most hunting dogs. Born of a litter of German wire-haired pointers owned by Hmong hunter Tony Yang, the dog was an extra by most standards. Tony is an avid bird hunter who is in love with the breed, but Kaya was above and beyond what he needed at the time. That is until he posed the idea of selling the pup to another hunter who could make better use of her. In an unlikely turn of events, that other hunter was, in fact, not yet a hunter. He was also Tony's very own son, Kang. On today's episode of On the Wing Podcast, we pick up where... Kang and I left off on episode 200. It's kind of an anniversary episode, Kang. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Which featured Kang Yang and and Jared Wicklin on, well, at least my final pheasant hunt of 2022. We know you went on to Iowa later that (laughs) evening. (laughs) Yep, can't stop. Uh, And we previewed the film A A Bird Dog Named Kaya, our feature film at this year's Film Fest kicking off National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic last February in Minneapolis, St. Paul. On today's episode, we'll recap the entirety of that experience, the Bird Dog Named Kaya film and all the reaction with Kang, as you've already heard, (laughs) and filmmaker Matt Addington. Not only did Matt produce and direct the film, but he has also written a story in the brand new summer edition of the Pheasants Forever Journal. If, you, if you're a current member of Pheasants Forever, turn to page 12 and you can look at the photos as uh, the three of us talk. Uh, special thanks as we embark on this episode of On the Wing podcast to our sponsors. The sponsors who are bringing this particular episode brought the PF Journal story and the film all to your eyeballs, your ears, and to your brain for your enjoyment. Perina Pro Plan and Toyota and Benelli. Thank you to those three partners. Fellows, that was a long preamble. Thanks for waiting <laughs> through it with me. Uh, I was reading some of your words, Matt. Uh, well written. <laughs> I, I do need to give credit a little bit to, to one of my business partners, Joel Nelson, who did a lot of the writing. Um, I kind of so do Maybe. you call that ghostwriting or plagiarism? Uh, probably, <laughs> pla- probably would call it plagiarism. I felt terrible when I opened it up and I saw you know wor- words and photos by, and I'm like, oh man, you know Joel really wrote this. And, uh, I, I don't know that I'm experienced enough to have a ghostwriter, but uh, <laughs> well, since you declared it on a podcast, yeah. I think legally you're covered. Now, it's right? official. <laughs> yep, yep. So I won't ask for a correction in the next issue. <laughs> and Kang, thank you very much for joining me again yeah thanks for having me again. <laughs> you're back into the steamy offices of peasants forever <laughs> yep <laughs> uh the last time you were here well it was to recap a very cold hunting story oh, yeah yeah that was so <laughs> yeah that was a cold day we went out there for the last season and now we're uh 
mid 80s heading to a week in 90s yep <laughs> way too hot too soon yeah no doubt yeah well fellas thank you very much for joining me let's start with with introductions yeah. and, and matt since um you haven't been on our podcast before and you're you're kind of the feature of this particular uh episode seeing as it's uh your film and king's the We'll call Kang one of the stars of the film. <laughs> there you go. Your dad sort of stole the show. Yeah, he did. Well, <laughs> yeah. Matt, let's start with you. Give yeah. us an introduction. Who you are, where you're from, yeah, schooling, hunting background, sure. your your hopes, your dreams, your fears. Uh, <laughs> consider us laying yeah. on a couch. Yeah. Are you laying yeah. on a couch? Uh, I'll try not to start crying right away. <laughs> but uh, thanks for thanks for having me and and Kang on the sh- on the uh, on the podcast. My uh, my background. Uh, I grew up in northern Minnesota in Hibbing. Moved to Rochester when I was in high school. Um, Hibbing. Hibbing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I Bob was a, Zimmerman. Right on, Mr. Yep. Dillon. Yep. Yep. So. Um, I never really quite know. People ask where I'm from, and I kind of throw out a combo platter of both of them. But uh, is it McHale from Hibbing too? Yeah, my dad was his high school coach, so wow, so we you're, were you're like the triumvirate: Bob Dylan, Kevin McHale, and Matt Adams. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was kind of growing up. I uh, grew up in the outdoors, hunting and fishing mm. uh, with with dad and grandpa and uncles and everything. Um, and uh, did my undergrad at Augustana uh, College in, in Sioux Falls, okay. which huh. lended itself to some in-state uh, pheasant hunting for a few years while I was there. Um, and then I did my graduate work um, at Winona State and got my master's. I was a teacher and a basketball coach for a number of years. Um, and I, th- I think in your bio, it, it, your website, mattaddingtonphotography.com, mm-hmm. right? Yep, mattaddington.com. Yep. Mattaddington.com. Yep. And it didn't say your your um, major was in art. Mm-hmm. Art. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I taught art, which in, included photography. It and did. Okay. Video production and all of those. You know, when you when you teach art, you, yeah, you volunteer to do about everything. So my you know my my youper mind going where I went to school, <laughs> I always think of fine art, right? Mm-hmm. But art going through school is. A lot of different disciplines. It was. um, I'd always been interested in photography since I was a little kid. And so that was, you know, part of what I did. And as I started teaching, um, had a little bit of leeway to kind of pick and choose the classes that I wanted to offer. And photography and and video production were were stuff that I did. And then, like most high school teachers that teach a specialty, you get asked to do the things that you're teaching. Hey, Mm -hmm. can you do some photography for me? And can you do some video? And Mm -hmm. so I kind of started doing that probably in the late 90s early 2000s and um it slowly evolved into more and more of that and less and less of teaching and now for the last um seven or eight years i've been out of teaching and education completely and doing you know photography and video production and probably for 15 years been doing it in the outdoors industry to some degree um Pheasants Forever has been been a, a faithful uh, um, collaboration for me and a great organization to work f- with, which ultimately kind of led to this whole story kind of evolving. And um, so, yeah, I've been able to, you know, travel all over the world and kind of tell stories with the camera. And a few years ago started uh, our group called Resonate Outdoors, which is bringing Joel Nelson in and Jesse Dolan. Your ghostwriter. Yeah, my ghostwriter. <laughs> 
I Joel, I'm doing it for you, man, just yeah. so you can give yeah. grief about this. Afterwards. For sure. <laughs> of all of, of the three of us that has a uh, has a public personality, it's Joel much more than the two of us. So I would be the the ghost in it. But um, we we kind of came together. We were all getting asked to do other things besides our specialty, mm. and we we kind of came together and said, why don't we just kind of have this umbrella company, if you will, that can offer more than just, hey, here's some photos or here's some social media or brand strategy or right. website stuff. And so we kind of kind of came together. So um, that's been, you know, incredibly successful and has, has opened even more doors. And, you know, I just, I, I'm blessed that I've been able to go the places that I have and, and ultimately like mm. develop relationships along the way, which has led to great stories. And again, studying up on you and your on your website, right? It says you're a award winning wedding photographer, right? Which which makes some sense, right? Uh, being a photographer, like everybody needs a a wedding photographer, right. right? So that's probably the the straightforward way you get your foot in the door as a photographer. Right? It, it worked well with teaching, to be honest. Okay, you know, when sure, I, weekends. When I, yeah, right? when I was teaching, it was summers and weekends, and it was an opportunity to, yeah, to get out and build build experience, build a portfolio. So my question is, like, what got you into the outdoors? What was the magic invitation, the networking? Like, what was the link that got you in? Um, I think it starts with the passion that you have, Hmm. you know, anyway, as a a person. Um, And I think a lot of it, I had had some people that introduced me to POMA, to Professional Outdoor Media Association, which um, was a just a way to network and to get to know more people in the industry and, Mm. um, you know, being available and just being, being, uh, just putting stuff out there. Uh, again, I go back to Poma and I go back to relationships because all along I, I knew I could take nice photos and deliver nice photos to people, but, um, you start to just develop those relationships. And, you know, I look at, I, I remember having a conversation, I think with, with Tom Carpenter, probably 10 years ago and huh. ju- just saying, Hey, if you know, I'd love to take pictures for you at some point. And, you know, and f- for folks that don't know Tom Carpenter's name, he's the editor of the pheasants forever journal. Yep. And, uh, there were a number of those kind of relationships that, um, that started decades ago that now are great partners of mine mm-hmm. that I've been able to work with, uh, some of the biggest, you know, brands in the, in the outdoor industry. And I, I remember 15 years ago going, Oh, it'd be so cool to, take pictures for them or to have pictures in this magazine or whatever. And now those are some of my, mm. you know, my dear closest relationships and yeah. friendships in the industry. So I, I think just continuing to do what you're passionate about in the outdoors has, has been that for me. And then continuing to just foster friendships and, mm. and get to know people. So it's kind of a combo of the two. I always find it interesting when I talk with, whether it's Logan Hinners, our, our own graphic designer, photographer, Eric Peterson, who who done a similar project mm-hmm. uh, around Ripples um, with, that was a combination film, photography, publication. I, I always like to ask questions about the experience of a hunt through the lens of a camera mm-hmm. or a video camera as opposed to down the bead of a, a shotgun, yeah. right? Because I, I view it, you know, there's the, uh, story about the five stages of a hunter, right? And I, I view that um, hypothesize that there's a parallel with photography. 
that there's, you know, you, you love going on the hunt and experiencing, you know, the adventure through the camera and probably really easy to fall in love with it right at, mm-hmm. at the start. And then it, you know, carrying a camera around, <laughs> like you're doing all the same work with a different sort of reward at the end. And there's probably a, a hurdle you got to break through or jump. And then you start to achieve different kinds of rewards. Like you're never going to hold the bird in your hand, but when you capture that shot, mm-hmm. like there's a different sort of meal, different trophy for the mine. Does that analogy resonate with you? For sure. I, I almost liken it to like those, those five stages of hunting, I feel like I've kind of gone through those in the sixth stage now is this ability mm. to tell the story of mm. it. Um, mm. I, we were just talking about turkey hunting, and I, I don't know how many days I've been out this spring, and I have not had a weapon in my hand the whole time, but mm-hmm. it's been a, you know, an incredibly um, successful year for me, mm. one that I just I love the stories that we've told. And, um, you know, you guys with the journal and, and being able to travel with, with Tom here the last number of years and tell these stories of the hunt mm. um i i get as much gratification as as walking away with a bag limit or mm. um you know you can kind of th- those stories evolve and i think that's even with the film there was a lot of years where i was i was doing almost exclusively still photos and that was great and i was able to do that but now i'm so much more intrigued by the bigger story to what's happening who mm. are these people and the characters and the all of the stuff that goes along with it and um, you know, the, the, the adage of a, you know, photos worth a thousand words. It's like, I, I want to pursue and tell those thousand words now. Cause I mean, people, <laughs> people look at a photo and uh. they can, they can double tap it on Instagram and like it. And that's great. But I love, like, I just love being able to, you know, people say, Oh, you know, where was that photo? And I, I could probably gush for hours mm. telling, you know, telling stories about what was happening and all those things that you were feeling. And I think back what you were saying about looking down the beat of a shotgun, you know, as a, as a bird hunter, you, you're watching the dog and you're paying attention to all those other things. And I've, I feel like I've kind of got this different lens of like, I'm paying attention to those, but there's so many other things that I want to be able to tell along with that, which Mm. has been a pretty, pretty uh, satisfying, you know, engagement for me. Um, so much that, uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't take a shot at one pheasant with a shotgun last year, but I sure really? shot a lot of, you know, a lot of gigabytes of uh, <laughs> of data. And now, you know, I'm going to go this whole turkey season without a weapon in my hand. But again, I'm filling hard drives with great stories. So. We, c- we call it gigabirds. Gigabirds. <laughs> no. how, many, <laughs> how many gigabirds did you? That's really good. I like it. <laughs> oh, it's a dad joke, and I'm not even Love a dad. It. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, Kang. Thank you for patiently waiting. We're going to jump back to Matt's story, right, Uh, of your story. But let's, um, for folks that didn't hear episode 200, give us a little bit of a taste of who who Kang is. Fill in the gaps on your background. Yeah, so um, my parents were immigrants from Laos, um, and I was born in California, came to Minnesota when I was three or four around there, and... uh, I consider myself a Minnesotan, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, adult onset hunter. And you, you want to know how much Kang views himself as a Minnesotan? Again, 
go back and listen to that episode 200, you know exactly. <laughs> what am I going to say? The Vikings. You picked the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep. All right, and thanks for joining us again today. We'll uh, wrap it up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to all my Viking fans yeah. out there. Die-hard we Vikings all know, but I'm from, Detroit, I'm from Michigan, so I, you know, I wouldn't. Never pick well, yeah, you don't have a whole lot to brag about <laughs> no, either. I, I don't, I'm sorry to cut you off, <laughs> no, but <laughs> that's very Minnesota. Yep. And, um, yeah, but although I said hunter, uh, anti-hunting before, loved Love Were nature. you truly an anti-hunter? Yeah, I just did not want to pick up the yeah. gun, did not want to shoot, kill anything. Mm. Um, I don't know if I said it in the past podcast, but, yeah, but, you know, we still hold a lot of traditions where – we, you know, kill a cow or a pig, and mm-hmm. I couldn't bear to see that. And if I did see it, I wouldn't want to eat it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be like, I'll, let me eat rice with water or something mm. <laughs> at this event, right? And mm. so, uh, yeah, just did not like the idea of killing at all. And, um, yeah, so I uh, got a bird dog, Kaya. Um, as you mentioned, she was my dad's dog first, but he was going to sell, breed her and then sell her. And mm-hmm. so um, I was like, well, don't do that because – I have such a compassion for animals, and um, yeah, the rest is history. We're here, here you, today. <clears throat> it, it, so it really bothered you. Your dad was going to sell that pup. Had you bonded with that pup? Nope, haven't bonded at all. But you know, I just know from you know, exp- like from social media and stuff that a lot of puppies get bought and then mm. you know, kind of end up in a shelter or put mm. down, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't want that because, especially with such new life, you know, so much mm-hmm. potential. And I was like, you know, I saw that potential, right? And so. Yeah, they didn't bond it up, but we bonded right away. So. And, and uh, you know, the, uh, essentially, this is the film of your transformation to becoming a bird hunter Yep. all through this bird dog, right? Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. if you boil it down, yeah, that's kind of the foundation of the story, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... It's much deeper than that, too. Yeah, it's right? it's you know finding my finding my roots again, right, with my family, mm. um, and finding my relationship with my dad again. Uh, mm-hmm. Hunting is more than just right shooting an animal; it's all encompassing. So, yeah. So it's, it's, we got here quicker than I expected, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that that is. So I want folks to go listen to pheasants or go go watch pheasantsforever.org slash Kaya. Mm-hmm. In the film, Bird Dog Named Kaya, and it is the story of your journey to becoming a hunter through this love of a dog. But the underlying theme throughout is a son reconnecting to his dad. Yep, yep. Through hunting and through this dog. Mm-hmm. And in a very fun way. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I mentioned this early. You know, I, I was I was hoping, I had my fingers crossed that your dad was going to do this podcast with us, <laughs> yeah. right? But he elected not to. But, um, you know, you're, tell, tell us about your dad, your relationship with your dad. Like, yeah, it, it, it feels like it feels like hunting repaired a rift. Mm-hmm. that existed what is that true yeah it definitely did um you know my dad's very um i guess you could say like conservative right with his money and everything i mean whenever he and when he hunts he's hunting for food right and that's kind of the part i didn't understand um and like you said in the film and now it's more for like a little bit of, of sport but really it's to to it reminds him of home and it reminds him of his family and 
um, you know, that's why he loves to hunt. Um, and so I didn't see that at first, right? I didn't mm-hmm. realize that. I thought he was just out there to kill stuff and bring home and eat and drink beer and <laughs> yeah. tell stories about it, right? But um, All right, so let's, let's talk about the film, how the film came to be. Yeah. So I think the story starts with you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us how, what was the catalyst for this idea? Well, I first met King in 2020 was it maybe yes um, at pandemic. a at a poma event uh professional outdoor media association um down in nashville and king was receiving a an award ironically from toyota young outdoor, Rider, yep. young writers something so we were at, at this conference together and king got up and you know got this award and they gave just kind of a cursory overview of you know, Kang used to be an anti-hunter, and now he's a hunter, and he's writing about the outdoors. And mm-hmm. he and I just kind of started chatting, and I realized he was from Minnesota. And <laughs> I was just super intrigued with the fact that here's this guy who used to be really against hunting, mm-hmm. and now he's writing about it and really promoting it in the space. And it really went no deeper than that, but I, I immediately was like, somebody's got to tell. Like, this story needs to be told. Mm-hmm. And... um that's that's where it started, and we we just kind of I kind of kept yep. pushing Kang with it a little <laughs> bit, and and to see how it it unfolded and how it evolved. I mean, honestly, like it just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. I mean, mm. it was like there's Kang, there's this guy who what a cool story, and then all of a sudden you realize, wow, it was a dog that made this difference, and then the whole thing with his dad, and you know, full yeah. disclosure. Until we were together in Iowa this winter, yeah, I, I like, I came home from that and I, I told our team, I'm like, guys, this like this has taken an, a whole other turn that we need to like, <laughs> we have to pursue this and it's got to be part of this story. So, just super super cool how it continued to unfold and mm-hmm. yeah. I, mean, I hope that I wasn't putting you know words in Kang's mouth along the way, but I I'd call him and say, hey. did did you know in the interview you said this do you think we should and it just it just kept you know yeah and and in the middle of all of that you know we were trying to figure out with with you guys at, at pheasants forever like how are we going to do this and then it was like okay we've got this deadline in february and i'm just i'm still trying to get my head around the story and the story kept evolving but it, it just it all came together and yeah. In, yeah, in a really I, beautiful I re- way. I remember Matt was like, when we were filming, Matt was like, something's missing, King. Something's missing from here. And I was like, please don't say my dad. Please don't say my dad. Because <laughs> he's very blunt and very, you know, like vocal with what he thinks. And so, you know, like, it's kind of nervous for the public to see. We, we did, we sat down and did the interviews mm-hmm. a year ago, like a yeah. year ago um, in the fall mm-hmm. and filmed, you know, this, so it would have been the fall of 2021. Yeah is when we sat down and kind of kind of opened up everything and filmed a bunch in the field and I I, I sat on it for almost I mean almost a year and I was like man yeah. we got to like we got to get this film finished and mm. that's kind of when you know we, you and I Bob started having the conversation about it and honestly like the the dog and the dad thing blew up after that point where it's like okay mm-hmm. we're going to get this thing done and yeah. I kept just pouring over those interviews that we did you know, on camera and the things that you were saying and kind of trying to articulate, what is this story? Like, how does this, Mm. how does it end? It's not Mm -hmm. just, Hey, here's a news story about some guy that became a hunter, but 
the 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 fact that it kind of came full circle and your dad and the yeah. I mean it was really really uh satisfying to see it all kind of come back full circle because yeah. I I was stuck for a year mm-hmm. with all of the stuff on a hard drive going I don't know I don't know what the story is gonna be yeah because you know. it, it was a leap for you <clears throat> you were primarily or exclusively photography still photography. And this was your first foray into a feature film, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, what was the, what was that difference that was unique to this? Where you're like, I've got to do something different here. Was it just simply the story? There's more to the story. I think than, so. Yeah. I mean, I I I've done a fair amount of video production, mm-hmm. um, commercial kind of stuff, but not yeah. where you're taking a story and trying to tell it. Mm-hmm. You you can. You know, with photos and video, you can you can tell a subconscious story, if you will. Sure. Um, but this was one where all of a sudden, I I was responsible as the storyteller right. to take it to fruition, and so I I was really really stuck, like I said, for a long time with it. It's like I I knew there was this cool story of Kang and how he became a hunter and mm-hmm. used to not hunt and used to really was against it and. I was I was intrigued with the the Hmong culture part of it mm. and the you know there's misconceptions locally and even in in our country about about you know race and culture yep. and hunting and I, so I, I in my mind I'm like you know is that part of the story do we need to spin it that way do we and some of these other things the light kind of started shining on some of these other things that probably put the culture part aside uh, yeah. you know outside of where you came from and where your dad came from and how he learned to hunt. Um, and so, so that sort of got pushed to the side and then it was more like, you know, here's this guy that is kind of, you know, repairing his relationship with his dad Mm -hmm. through this dog that ironically his dad, I mean, there's all of these intersections of just really cool story that, that really evolved from, I mean, beginning of December, you know, end of November through December, knowing that we had this deadline in February. So thanks to, you know, to, to you and Andrew and everybody at Pheasants Forever who kind of made me like pour into like understanding and, and finishing this story. Cause, mm. uh, it, it was, um, certainly not the, the route that you'd go as a filmmaker. Um, we've laughed about that in the past, Bob, but, um, I, I just couldn't be more excited about how it did end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm assuming so. This isn't the first time Kang you've told the story. I'm, like, I think about you, you were featured on an episode of The Flush with mm-hmm. Travis Frank, right? Yeah. Like uh-huh. that probably got you at least open to the idea of sharing your story in a positive way through a format like this, right? Yeah, totally. You know, like um, coming into the space, I was more of, like I had my own self doubts. Like, am I? Is my story unique enough? Am I unique enough for do people even want to listen, right? Mm-hmm. And so when Travis was like, "Oh, let's talk about you," like let's talk about what happened, and I was like, "Oh, okay," like that's that's good to know that you know, like it's it's a uh, it's comforting that people do want to hear about it, right? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of um, just transformed over the years, just trying to keep telling that story, and eventually it landed on Matt, <laughs> and, and you know, Matt was one of the guy that was like, you know, um, let's do this, right? Let's let's mm. tell your story, and, and I feel like, and I I. I almost should have apologized in advance. I feel like I was fishing the the dad thing out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you you talked about it when we first did uh-huh. an interview a year prior, and 
it was just kind of part of the story. But then after I spent a day with you and your dad, I, I felt like I, like we're going to, we're going to open this can of worms all the way up. And I, I know you were a little (laughs) reluctant when we did, but, um, I think that, you know, that becoming a really big part of the story, I yeah. think, was maybe not what you were thinking it was going to be, and I certainly didn't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not what I was thinking it to be, but I'm glad it, that it did happen. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's kind of like, like you said, you know, when you were saying, you know, maybe we need more, like we need something more, like there's something missing. And even though I was trying to, like, I, you know, I could have made it a story just about me and my dog, my dad was really the underlying, the mm-hmm. piece where that mm-hmm. it just it, it needed to come out. It wanted yeah. to come out. And so, um, yeah, I'm really happy how it turned out. Yeah. yeah. In the absence of your dad, Tony, Tony, right? <laughs> yeah, Tony. Not being here. What, what's it? I'm assuming he's seen it. Yeah, he's seen it. Yep. And what's his reaction? He said, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes on to complain about, why don't you guys film in the winter? It's so hard in the winter. You know, he's like, but that's him, a man of few words. You know, like I said, in the film, I remember uh, we were filming. I remember Matt was like, Okay, Tony, why don't you pat, you know, Kang on the back? I told him that. And I was like, what? It was so awkward for me because I was like, I was so bad. I was like, yeah, that's the first time my dad ever has ever patted me on the back. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's like. But once your dad got in front of the camera, I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's hilarious. I mean, yeah. he mm-hmm. there was there could be a whole nother sub film that you know ended up on the cutting room floor of mm-hmm. of King's dad yeah. telling stories and it was like once once you got him talking man he was yeah, he was a, a, put on a good show he's that's a for chatterbox. sure yep. <laughs> <laughs> no it's great <laughs> is, is have you talked with Tony since the film or I haven't that? no yep. in fact I asked King today how what his dad <laughs> thought of it cuz he he was unable to come to the premiere um in yeah. February so I'm glad that he yeah. he enjoyed it uh, he really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. So you've taken us right where I wanted to go. So we we teased the film um, on the podcast, and then we we showed it. Um, at It premiered at the Film Fest, kicking off National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. About a month after that, we released it across all our social channels, uh, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, and it's got 25,000 views to this point. Brand new article, page 12, of the summer edition of the Pheasants Forever Journal. And then this is the kind of recap podcast of, of that entire story. And I'm curious, uh, we'll start with Matt. Like, what's the reaction been to you about this film? What feedback have you received, whether it be Film Fest, at Pheasant Fest, social media yeah. reaction? What's, what's your takeaways? It, I mean, it's been overwhelmingly great um and i think that due not to us and what we produced but it was a great story Mm. um Mm -hmm. it was one that any filmmaker any writer could have taken and really done a good job with we were just fortunately the team that got to do it Mm. um so i think the the feedback has been you know what an awesome story Mm. and so i just i'm grateful that like i said we were the ones that kind of stumbled on it and were able to to tell it and um yeah it's been it's been great i mean starting that night that it premiered it was that feeling of (laughs) you pour that much time into looking at every single frame over and over Mm -hmm. and over and you know you put it up on the big screen and i still got you know you still feel chills Mm. watching it and hoping that kind of my my thing with any of the work that I do is like I want somebody to feel something Mm -hmm. and I think that night people did and I think subsequently um from 
the feedback we've gotten, it's been it's been overwhelmingly great, and mm. I think it also um, kind of opened some doors for us, you know, as a team that you know, hey, we didn't know that you guys did that, you know, can you do this or would you be wanting to do that? And so I I look at you know my um, desire to just continue to tell great stories. Mm. I think this this was one that I don't know how much better I could ever get than this because mm. it was just such a great story, but. Um, it's open conversations um, about not only Kang and culture and um, storytelling, but, you know, things all over that with, with stories that I hope that I'll be able to continue to mm. tell. Uh, what about the reaction, Kang, for you to the film? What have, what have you heard? I've uh, heard? Yeah, I've heard all positive feedback. Um, a lot of people, well, everybody's been saying it's a great film. Um, they're proud of, you know, of me being on the film and I would say my friend Matt is the one behind it he's the mm. one that you know helped help tell the story so but yeah it's anything that's for either of you that's been surprising or really like whoa that's out of the blue I never thought you know I'd get a comment like that um not really I guess the comment was just being proud like I was like wow I made you like you know huh. yeah you know like they're, they're proud of me I was like that's I've never I've never experienced it in that kind of depth, right? Like, you know, like you graduate or, you know, you do accomplish some things and you say mm. you're proud of you. But to be in this kind of a film, you know, in, on like a national level and people say they're proud of you, it makes, you, it makes me feel hmm. great. It makes me feel humble too. I don't know. I, I would say I, I've enjoyed – obviously you hear from people that you know that are going to pat you on the back and say, mm. you know, great job. And that was really great. And mm. you know, that that's maybe to be expected um, that my mom would say that the night mm. of the film fest or whatever, that she really liked it. Um, but to get comments or, you know, see comments on the YouTube page or to hear from people that you have no idea who they are and mm. where they're at, that something clicked with them mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we call our group resonate for a reason, but mm -hmm. that something would resonate and make you feel something um, to know that that's happening with people that have no idea who Kang is or right. who I am, or, you know, maybe it's somebody that that's, you know, German wire hair po pointers are their thing mm -hmm. or uh, whatever. Um, those are the ones that it's like, man, this did go beyond, you know, the first level of, of uh, relationships that we have right. um, that are all firsthand relationships. Yeah. What surprised me, <clears throat> so I had probably watched this film 25 times, you know, two dozen times. I'll give you an autograph. <laughs> What's that? I'll give you an autograph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got so yeah, many views right, right. on YouTube. Bob's just been playing it on repeat. No. But I probably did watch it two dozen times during the, inter the um, editing mm -hmm. process. And when I saw it on the big screen for the first time at the film fest, did you did you ever watch it on the big screen before mm -hmm. the film fest? No. <clears throat> I, I wonder if movie makers watch it in a theater in the editing because that's such a huge component of the magnitude of a film versus mm -hmm. watching something on YouTube. Yeah. But, I, but when I watched it, not to you, when I watched it at the film fest, and I've seen it two dozen times, but I'm part of the audience and I'm looking around and seeing people's faces, and then I call Kang up on stage because I'm emceeing this thing, 
and I'm brought to tears. <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't talk. Yeah, always got me to tears too. <laughs> I, I I could I not see, talk. Yeah, yeah. Um because I was so moved. Mm-hmm. I knew the story. I've seen the story. Mm-hmm. But you see it on the screen. And then you also, like, I had the advantage of being up front and watching the audience's eyes yeah. and seeing tears in the crowd and seeing reaction of how moving your relationship, not only to Kaya, mm-hmm. but what? tugged at the heartstrings yeah was, your, <laughs> was the connection to your dad and then your dad giving you some grief yeah and then that that bond mm-hmm. to your dad and then yeah i mean i was moved to tears at the end and i was so happy um there, there were tears of happiness that that i was not <laughs> expecting no. but that goes to your point like somebody feels something out of this story mm-hmm. that, that was that was the thing that struck me that night was um just how quiet it got mm-hmm. you know they, it was a great night it's great films in a bar from, drinking yeah, everybody it's so socializing and just but i remember getting partway through and i, I was kind of struck with how quiet it was mm-hmm. in that room with that many people um, and I, you know, I couldn't see the faces I, but I, uh, there's something about seeing it on the big screen. And even to this day, like I'll, I'll f- see the file on my computer and I'll just play a little part of it. And I'm mm. like, God, this, like, I really, really love how this turned out. And mm. the, the 25 times that you watched it, you know, I, pr- I mean, who knows how many hours of every single frame I analyze, but I can still watch it now and just there's parts that give me chills still. And mm. that's a, that, I don't know, yeah. testimony to, I think, being able to feel something with it, I yeah. hope. Mm-hmm. Any filmmaker, probably anybody that does anything creative, when they put the, okay, this is done, and send it off, and then time goes by, you have that um, advantage, disadvantage <laughs> of perspective. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Now recording this in, you know, uh, late May, heading into June when this podcast will air. And you produced this or you, you cut it and sent it in at the end of January. And you maybe even, it was maybe even <laughs> beginning of February uh, before it was final, final. But, right, you know, so we got the advantage of five months. Mm-hmm. Anything in your mind that you would do differently today than... Um, when you had to turn it in or, you know, the advantage of perspective and time, anything you wish you have an opportunity to add to it? I don't think so. I, I, I look back, like, like we were talking earlier, how it, it really evolved so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, people will say, well, how long did it take you to make that? And I can say two years, but for, you know, 22 of the 24 months, it was just kind of marinating. Mm. And then for two months, it went crazy. Um, I don't know that there would be anything that I would I would add or take away. There's certainly stuff that we did take away that would have made it longer. But I think from a from a, the length of it, I think it was perfect. Um, there were other little twists about your dad and mm. more about Laos and about all of the things that he, he told hunting stories about Laos that were incredibly entertaining but you you could put those in but i don't think it 
it would have lended to the story being any better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like it just kind of found its its sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. There's some magic, yeah, like some impact and brevity too, right? You deliver a story in as concisely as possible to tell it yep. ju- with justice. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything you change, King? Um, I wish we hunted in warmer weather, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, nothing I would change. I think it came out great how it is. So great we, job, man. You know, I I said from the start like this is not a story about killing pheasants, mm-hmm. and I, you know, you think about we we <laughs> we hunted some pretty cold days because yeah. it was like well we need to get some footage and the season closes so we better go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah there there maybe you could have plugged in another you know like late october beautiful day but i the the footage that we got i i feel like it was beautiful mm-hmm. um there was just enough pheasant to it to know that that was part of it but it was not like this is a story about a pheasant hunter who kills all kinds of pheasants right. i mean there happened to be a few and mm-hmm. kaya did some great retrieves and we got some beautiful footage um you know, just walking in the field and all of those things, and right. yeah, I don't, I don't think there needed to be. Maybe I'd sub one of those cold days out for one <laughs> day. <but. laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Like you could, anybody could film about a hunter, right? But it's deeper than that, and I think you captured that really well. With, you know, the story. So, it, it, tell us about your dad today, like your relationship with your mm-hmm. dad today. You know, it's clear through the this story of mm-hmm. of the bird dog named Kaya, mm-hmm. that that underlying relationship with your dad was fractured mm-hmm. and this bird dog <laughs> put a Band-Aid over that yeah. um, or built a bridge. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that today. Yeah, so, you know, like um, today he, you know, we are more understanding. We still bicker and argue <laughs> quite often, but, you know, when times get, you know, uh, rough or, you know, when things get real, like, you know, he has a, he has trust in me and I have trust in him now, mm-hmm. so... We can rely on that, uh, and that's through hunting, right? Really? Yeah. So you attribute that yeah. completely to hunting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do because, you know, we're in the field together, and he says go this way, and he says, well, he tells me to go that way, and he goes this way. How do I trust him, right? I just mm. have to trust him. And so mm-hmm. constantly working together, hunting together, you know, you build a sense of trust knowing that, um, you know, my dad will have my back as a shooter or I'll have him his back as a shooter, right? Mm. Um it's just yeah. Built. I saw I saw that the day that we did hunt together too. The, yeah. His dad is a like he is a bird dog chasing factor. Like yeah. he's not gonna wait for Kang at the tail like when his dad was ready, like off he goes and mm. just trudging off into the snow and Kang kinda shrugs his shoulders and he goes <laughs> his way and the two of them it certainly wasn't just strolling through the fields like singing songs together. They kind of went and did their thing, but the the one part that we did end up cutting out that was awesome was um, Kang, uh, his dad had flushed a bird, and Kang took three long shots <laughs> and thought he missed, and we even got you kind of laughing and saying how you know it was a long shot. We continued to hunt, came back to the tail, met at the tailgate, you know, an hour later, yep. and in, in the Hmong language, he, his dad kind of started yelling at him about, going to get this bird you killed that bird and kang is saying no i missed three times and they argued back and forth and ultimately his dad you guys walked all the way back out in that slough and that bird was dead right where your dad said it was yeah yeah so (laughs) but they uh yeah it it certainly was not a 
you know, I think watching the two of you, it mm-hmm. it was a like we're gonna go out here to hunt, and yep. we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna hold hands and sing songs, and it, but at the same mm-hmm. time, when you got back to the tailgate, it was it was really cool to see the interaction. Yeah, it, totally. It's like he's like he he can trust me now to go in the field and work the field how he would like it, right? Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the deal. Like I remember Matt leaving with him, and then me and Matt met up, and my dad left. And then me and Matt went around the backside, and he's like, should we get back to your dad? I'm like, yeah, we'll go back there. You know, well, he's, he's going to be over there. We'll get back there, like, eventually, you know, because he just knows the field really well. And, well, I know the field now, too, but, like, you know, <laughs> we just know, have the understanding of we'll separate now, mm-hmm. but we'll work the field to an advantage where we'll meet in a certain part where we'll, you know, corner the birds and stuff like that. And so ultimately yeah that's where we kind of ended up in a slew where all the birds were i had to come and meet up with you because i was sweating so bad (laughs) trying to keep up with if you look in the film most of the shots of tony were from behind it's because he was you know running after the dog and i'm thinking you know this guy is crazy but (laughs) yeah that is an underappreciated component of filming hunters (laughs) like it might be different if you're just sitting in a deer stand right right? but you still got to wake up early yeah but when you're filming bird hunters you got to be on the stick all the time yeah. and you gotta, you gotta be in great shape and keep up <laughs> a lot of times, not just one hunter, but multiple hunters. And you gotta be in position to capture the shot. I mean, it's for sure. It's yep. a big deal. Yep. Yeah. Huh. And, and like I said, Tony, he, he was kind of, you know, we, the, it was waist deep snow and he's, he kind of like jogged the whole time. Uh, yeah. You I know, don't know how just, he does it. Yeah, he, with was, his I mean, duct he tape, was a maniac. With his duct, duct tape. tape around his pants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember he was, yeah, <clears throat> that back to that bird. I was like, Matt, did I shoot it? He goes, no, I didn't see a, Matt was like, I didn't see a fall either. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. But he's saying it fell down. And so we were arguing back and forth, me and my dad. He's like, go get it. Like, let's go get it. Well, sh- I'll show you. Hmm. And like I said, yeah, we, we went back there and it was right where, right where he said it was. Hmm. Just flopped over. I was like, yes, one less bird to shoot before yeah. we get to go home. <laughs> the, so in the film, your dad talked very little uh, about growing up in Laos. Mm-hmm. Hunting was for sustenance, to put food on the table. Yeah. Is that the way he approaches hunting today, to put food on the table? Or is there mm-hmm. it, it, is there a level of enjoyment there in the activity and the dog and the experience outdoors and being mm-hmm. with you? Or is it... It, does it sway one or the other? Is it a combo of both? Um, it's a combo of both, equal equal parts. Um, hmm. My dad mentioned it in the film, but we didn't. I don't think we had it in there. But he's like, you know, it's, or like for now, like he hunts, you know, for food. Like he'll go out there to get his limits, right? Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want to waste his time and money, um, you know, to not to come home empty-handed, mm-hmm. right? And the, the second piece um, is, yeah, it's for enjoyment. It reminds him of home, and it reminds mm. him of the good. St- the good times that he's had with family and friends out hmm. in the field. And so, um, yeah, he, he does, he's not really hunting new spots as much as I am. Hmm. He's mostly going to, you know, spots that he knows has birds and stuff he likes, he's seen. And, you know, back then he, he told me they'd always go out in like snowstorms and try new, new spots on plot maps. And now he doesn't do that. He just goes right where he, he knows mm. where there's going to be birds. And, so. and you approach it a little differently, don't you? Yeah, I'm more like, let's go try over here, something mm-hmm. new, you know. I'm always trying to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many WMAs in Minnesota, right, and mm-hmm. public land here. It's like I feel like I need to see them all. That's my goal is <laughs> to walk each one, yeah. really. You, 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 The two of you hunt at a totally different tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, and your, your dad, 
even it didn't make it in the film, but he would his dad kind of made fun of Kang yeah. because he hunts a little slower and a little more deliberate and he likes to be more social and mm-hmm. so i mean there there's a kind of a yin and yang to things and doing things but again once you were together yeah. <laughs> you guys that you know it was really clear that you were there for the same reasons mm-hmm. yep well, I had to step up where else I could get yelled at. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true of most of us that have yeah. dads, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, as we uh, round third and head towards closing thoughts, uh, um, I w- want to remind um, listeners to please go watch the film pheasantsforever.org/kaya, and that's K-A-I-Y-A. Uh, it's what's the time? It's like about 16 and a half. Okay. 16 and a half minutes. Um, You'll laugh. You'll cry. (laughs) It's a triumph of the human spirit. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 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 And uh, um, I want to thank also um, the three sponsors who have been a part of this project the entire duration from the film to the social media to the journal story um, and to this podcast, Perina ProPlan. Uh, Benelli Shotguns and Toyota Trucks. Uh, thank you very much to those three sponsors bringing this film and this tremendous story um, to our followers on pheasantsforever.org and, and quailforever.org and all of our members. Uh, closing thoughts. We'll start with you, Matt, and we'll give King the last the last <laughs> word. Um, what, what do you, as as we... Put this one in the rearview mirror. What are your closing thoughts that you want to leave listeners with? I I just like like you just said. I I'm grateful that we had the sponsors that we did. I think um, you know to to know that you you had just this this incredible support system um, with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. Obviously being the the main conduit, but to have um, sponsors at you know that level uh come in and say they want to be a part of it and i think to be trusted with that Mm. um i think that was the most humbling thing for me is that you guys trusted me with this and ultimately those those sponsors trusted the story that it would evolve um gave you know it was humbling it was there was pressure there to Mm -hmm. feel like man i i need to to do this at the level that you know these are global names Mm -hmm. in the outdoors industry and to to know that they were going to put their name on it Mm. meant a lot. Um, And I think, uh, yeah, I just, I I hope people will continue to watch it that haven't seen it. And um, yeah, it's, it's just been, I'm blessed to know Kang um, from the start, just the friendship, but to tell this story uh, is, is really humbling. And I I hope that it, you know, did justice Mm. to the overall story and, you know, what comes next? I don't know. It's, uh, you know, where do you go from here? Um, We've got some other, other things in the works, but um, man, I feel like we started with a home run, and you know now we got to hit for the cycle and start with something, <laughs> something a little. Uh, Thanks for grabbing step, the baseball. Yeah, <laughs> stepping back. I don't know, but uh, I just you know, can't thank you guys enough um, again for for trusting me and my team um, to kind of put this together, and I think it 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 worked out. Yeah, yeah, brought me to tears. <laughs> Kang. Final words, they're all yours. Yeah, I just want to say uh, thank you to Matt for, you know, telling my story. I really appreciate it, and uh, I couldn't ask for a better film to come out of it, and so thank you. And Bob, you know, Feathers Forever, you guys, thank you for seeing the vision of Matt and seeing the, vi- the, seeing the, 
the impact of my story and uh, mm. willing to put it on a national stage, right? Um, and I hope that inspires people out there to go hunting because, you know, it, it's not just, again, it's not just about shooting a bird, but it's deeper than that. Right on. You'll find so much more through hunting. Uh, both of you, uh, you know, you got businesses and you're interested in working with others. Um, Matt, tell us about how to reach out to you, uh, through, whether through Resonate or sure. your photography. How do people connect with you? Yeah, I think, I mean, my uh, my photography is just mattaddington.com, which is is a connector resonateoutdoors.com is kind of our our collective of of creatives and you know offering more services and you know joel and jesse and i have have kind of come to a pretty good uh sweet spot there to be able to help help people tell stories and um, whether that be through content or media or social media or web and stuff like that but um, matt addington on on instagram is a place where things like everybody kind of shows up visually right kind of what's what's happening lately yeah. but uh yeah those are the the places that uh that i live you know in the cyber world for the most part <laughs> <laughs> and kang you're in the cyber world too yep. you create content of your own yep um tell us about your website and how people can uh, find you yeah if they want to reach out and start a conversation yeah um website is minnesota-hunter.com and uh tiktok minnesota hunter and Instagram, Kang Yang One. So, Kang Yang One. Yep. All right. Uh, folks, if you're not yet a member of Pheasants Forever or Quail Forever, I'll invite you. Uh, you heard Trampled by Turtles open this episode of On the Wing Podcast. We got a killer collaboration with the band Trampled by Turtles right now. Pheasantsforever.org slash trampled or quailforever.org slash trampled. It's summer. You need a new t-shirt. Get a trampled by quail or trampled by pheasants t-shirt and join our organization. You can meet some wonderful people just like Kang and just like Matt. Uh, fellas, thank you very much for sharing your story and producing this story. Um, hopefully it's inspired some more people to maybe get a bird dog and <laughs> connect with uh, mom or grandpa or dad. Yep. Um, that's part of what uh, what hunting is all about. Yep. And uh, hopefully uh, habitat's growing out there, birds are hatching, and uh, fall will be here before you know it. Yep. Folks, thank you very much for listening to this episode of On the Wing Podcast. I'm Bob St. Pierre reminding you, Always follow the dog. Something good will rise. Thanks, folks.